A very good morning to you. It is exactly 9.30 on Tuesday, the 2nd of June. Welcome to Light Tuesday. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. Oh, here we go again, bloggers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to radioblogging.net. Ian Rocky here at the controls this morning. Welcome along to another hour of fun literacy with the team. We have got some cracking stuff for you this morning, some lovely games to get us going very shortly. But of course, first thing we need to do is say good morning to the team. Good morning, Deputy Mitchell. How are you? Good morning, Ian. I'm very well, thank you. Um, yes, I, you know, yesterday we talked about having the lights dimmed here. Yes. Uh, in, prep, in preparation, they weren't dimmed enough. Um, <laughs> it, it was crazy. The chatcast was unbelievable. So I'm trying pitch black today. I'm hoping that will fo- focus my mind um, and uh, prepare me for what is to come because it was it was phenomenal mm. but crazy at the same time but yes uh, great form here waited to get started can't wait uh, so it's going to be a great show Ian looking forward to it brilliant so am I very much indeed looking forward to it now let's head across to another part of the country and meet the man himself start the day with a slice of pie this is radioblogging.net good morning sir how are you today Good morning in fine fettle. Uh, really, really good this morning. Um, and uh, looking forward to the show. Uh, I've, the, the title of the book, The House of Light, as soon as I heard of that, it reminded me of a dream I had years and years ago, probably 30 years ago now. And I had this amazing dream that stuck with me. And in the dream, I was walking through, it was nighttime, and I was walking through this ravaged land. There was darkness, there was flames, um, there were people looting and rioting. And as I moved through this darkened land, I could see in front of me a massive um, uh, house made of crystal. It It was tall, like a block of flats, but it wasn't a block of flats. It was quite thin, actually. Uh, And it was made of crystal and I could see inside of it. I could see all the staircases and the people moving inside of it. And I knew that it was a place of of great significance, a place of great power. And that has stayed with me, uh, Ian, Mm. uh, all these years. And I'm sure that there is a story in there, but I've yet to find the story. But it's there. It's in my Mm. imagination. I've written about it in my notebooks. And those of you who are new to us you will need a notebook and pencil we love our notebooks we value them a lot and um, children it's great if you can persuade um, somebody to give you perhaps for a birthday uh, to give you a special notebook and a nice notebook with a hard back um, get your colors your crayons uh, and everything ready with you so that in the notebook we can jot down the games that we play ideas things that pop into your mind as we're working together and use it of course at any other time when you're reading when you're out and about continually gathering ideas gathering language this is your big resource it's like a sort of seed bed of possibilities and when we're writing you can flick back i do this often Ian. i've got mm. i mean i don't know a hundred notebooks something like that oh, it must be an gosh. enormous amount and sometimes i just flick back through them and i see something and i think oh there's a little idea. Hmm. And often it takes a bit like the, the, the house of uh, crystal I was talking about. Sometimes it takes years and years and years. And then suddenly the imagination does something or other. And bingo, you think, oh, I could use that for this. Hmm. So notebooks to the ready. And I think we need to crack on with a couple of games, Ian. Let's do that. Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. Okay, Pi, what do we have this morning? Well, we've got a couple of uh, games that are related to what's going to happen in the uh, interview and what's going to happen in the reading. So we've got to, first of all, there's a what-if game. Uh, and the what-if 
either what if or supposing that's another way of doing it so jot these down these games because we'll have a little bit of a go ian and i will play the games then we'll have a musical interlude and at home and in school you can have a go at the games uh, yourselves so the what if games really is hinges around um story uh, and story starts i used to do this a lot when i was a teacher we'd write lists and lists of what ifs i mean every now and then i'd say to them let's get the list of what ifs out and they could choose a what if and have a bit of a go uh, at, uh, at writing a story so um i'll start off with a what if okay I mean, um i've what i've done is everybody i asked ian to write some what ifs five no i wrote the what ifs and you've written the answers the i, I have yes is that right i have indeed yes i have <laughs> Great. <laughs> we're, we're okay we're off <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'll do the what ifs You've written some what uh, I would, what mm. you would do, and neither of us know what the other one's written. So when you play the game, play it in pairs. One of you write three or four what ifs. One of you write some I woulds, and then we put them together and we'll see what happens. And probably they'll sound half daft. It's just playing around with ideas. But occasionally a what if triggers an idea for a story. Anyway, here we go. Let's play the game. Okay. So, Ian, here we go. Mm. What if a tiger came to tea? Uh, I would fry up the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, don't you make me cough. <laughs> here we go. Another one. Uh, this is a more ordinary one. What if, you, uh, what if I, uh, you won the lottery? I would pack everything up for a rainy day. Absolutely. What if your family completely disappeared? I would change my shoes to something more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. We completely ignore. I came home. They were all gone. I'm ignoring it. Like, oh, I'll put some comfy shoes on. I love that. It's the juxtaposition, isn't it? It is. So it is. It's the unexpected that sometimes mm. triggers the imagination. Okay, here's another one. What, what if you had a pet that could talk? I would run faster than a goat. <laughs> a goat? My mother, my mother used to keep goats. <laughs> she had a favourite one called Baby Time. <laughs> and I once had to take this, this goat um, to... I think it must have been something wrong. So I had to take this goat to a goat lady who looked at goats. This is all a long time ago. <laughs> I was a goat expert. and she, I remember standing and she said, she's got a lovely little bag. <laughs> oh dear. and then I, I she tried to show me how to milk this blooming thing and it kept kicking at me and butting me oh the goat the lovely little bag um what if this is the last one what yeah. if you found a baby dragon that needed looking after i would cheer as loudly as a cannon oh well yes you probably would actually because a lot of us i i've sort of many times dreamt of that sort of thing mm. because as you know ian i do believe that um if dragons can't exist if the possibility can't exist then what a dull dull world we must exist mm. within mm. okay so that's the first game everybody and while ian and i are playing the second game just decide one of you, you need to be an a and a b one of you is going to write some what ifs. One of you is going to write some I woulds. And then in a short while, you can put them together. Now, while that's going on, let's play the second one. Because the House of Light, which is the name of Julia's book, um, triggered off an idea um, for, um, uh, for writing. So, Ian, you've got some in the House of Light or the House of Clouds mm. or whatever it's going to be. And I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm going to try and make up a second line that goes with the first line. Okay. Right. You start me off and I'll see. Give me one and I'll see if I can do it. Okay, I'll start you off. In the House of Dreams. Okay, in the House of Dreams. Um, in the House of Dreams, I saw... In the House of Dreams, I saw a crystal building. Lovely. Uh, in the House of Clouds. In the in the House of Clouds, I became in the in the House of Clouds. I could not see where I was going, and my clothes were soaked. Uh, in the House of Knots. I, in the House of Knots, I became tongue-tied. Lovely. In the House of Wilderness. In the house of wilderness, I wa wilderness, I wandered forever. 
in the house of laughter. In the house of laughter, a grin spread across my face. And in the house of mystery. In the house of mystery. Mystery. In the house of mystery, I found a door labelled do not enter, but I did. So the idea is you sort of, if you can, um, make the second line relate to the first line. Uh, and you could play it either way round, and you could swap over after a minute or two um, and challenge your friend. I've got an example, actually, that um, I wrote last night just because it appealed to me so much. Mm. Because I sometimes take these games, Ian, and turn them into little poems. Yeah. I'll just read it to you. Yeah, In the house of light, I could see as far as the end of the universe. In the house of trees, my limbs grew green with leaves. In the house of stars, the night wrapped its arms around me and my freckles glittered. In the house of wings, an albatross beat at the window, desperate to escape. In the house of fear, ants crawled across my paralyzed skin. In the house of pages, I turned a new leaf. In the house of mazes... I found sorrow curled asleep and stroked his hot, heavy head. That last one, I was thinking of the Minotaur, yeah. House of Mazes. And I've always felt sorry for the Minotaur um, because he'd been rejected by his father, chucked down into this dreadful maze. Uh, no wonder he was angry all the time. So I've always felt rather sorry. Uh, it's the rejected son. Okay, folks, we have their two games. We have the What If I Would game. We have In the Household game. I think, Ian, while everybody's playing that, we deserve to have a musical interlude. So I get playing, we everyone. Here we go. Hi, this is Frank Cottrell Boyce, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Oh, the theme there from Hawaii Five O, and in fact, the original theme from Hawaii Five O, a great piece of writing music indeed. The time is uh, 17 minutes to 10 this morning. You're listening to radioblogging.net. It is Light Tuesday, and very soon we are going to be listening to Julia Green reading from the House of Light. Before we do, let's do some shout-outs. Uh, don't forget, you can email radioblogging at gmail.com. Uh, Tildy has done that. Good morning. Morning to you, Tildy. Thank you for getting in touch. Just started to listen to radio blogging and I'm really enjoying it. The Anthony Horowitz session was really good as we've been doing it in year six. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Also had an email from our good friend Lorraine Harrison who says, it's my birthday today. Well, Lorraine, a very happy birthday to you. Thank you so much for getting in touch and thank you for spending your birthday listening to us. And I'm listening to radio blogging. That's dedication for you. Well, we do have have so many dedicated listeners and Lorraine you are right up there at the top of the dedicated list uh, I'm waiting to see if anyone buys me a new notebook as a present what a lovely gift that would be Lorraine to have a new notebook we would love that wouldn't we um, Jacob from Grange Park looking forward to today's show Shout out to my wonderful teacher, Suze, for helping me at Grange Park. Good morning, Jessica, who is loving radio blogging and would like a shout out. Arthur, as well, would like a shout out for year six at Stone School. Shreesha, as well. Good morning to you. Also uh, to uh, uh, Eliza, who is listening to radio blogging this morning. Uh, good morning to Bethany, as well. Thank you for getting in touch. And also Olivia. Uh, hello, everyone. How are you? I'm really excited for Light Tuesday. I'm telling it's going to be a great show, and I just can't can't wait. Freya as well is excited for Light Tuesday. Uh, good morning also to Sachin and also to Atkarsha as well. Can't wait to start this session. I want to shout out to Pi for creating the best radio ever. Can somebody comment on my post? Well, we're going to talk about commenting later, actually, because that's a really good thing to be doing is commenting on each other's posts. I'm going to head across to David because we've also got a contact Padlet. Have you got any shout outs from there, David? We have indeed. Yes, I'm looking after that today. So we have got a number of uh, shout outs here We've got three from Chorley St James uh, School very close to where I am and in fact these three children I've taught them as well which is uh, fantastic we've got Freddie and Freddie said um, 
Uh, he wants a shout out from Sonny Chorley, uh, waiting for today's show. So just before the show, he wrote that. We've got Isla from Chorley St. James saying, uh, here we are again in Chorley, about to do some shout outs. Can we have a shout out, please? There you go, Isla. We've got Malachi as well. Uh, he said, hi, guys. It's, it's a good day. I'm looking forward to the show. Uh, can't wait for it. It's going to be awesome. So I'll see you soon. So fantastic. Thank you, guys. We've got Edith as well asking for a shout out. Loves the show and has made her lockdown days full of fun, which is fantastic. And what we want to do, which is great. Jessica also is on there. Can I have a shout out for my friend Rebecca? I can't wait for the show. So there you go, Jessica. One for Rebecca there. We've got India from Pensby Primary. I know Pensby Primary on yesterday. Day. So they're asking for a shout out for all of the year five at Pensby Primary. So there you go. And finally on here, we've got Bebop who's back asking for a shout out for her friend Edith. So we keep these coming. Um, we, we love getting these and we'll probably give some shout outs a bit later on, won't we, Ian? We certainly will, David. Thank you very much indeed. Absolutely. So don't forget, you can email. You can also use the contact Padlet. You can also use the comments section of the show page. So if you go to today's show page, you can uh, click on uh, there, go to the bottom where it says comments, leave a comment. That will, of course, be moderated by our team. And then we can read that out as a shout out. Now, yesterday, Pi, at the end of the show, you introduced talking about sprites, didn't you? <laughs> Yes, I, I love it, isn't it? This is, this is fantastic. Um, I always used to love this in teaching. Somebody, you know, if you work with very small children, somebody pays you to sit on a carpet <laughs> with a load of small children and do we're going on a bear hunt. And, it, and it, it's ridiculous, really, isn't it? Fantastic stuff. And, and if you're working like we do um, uh, and you're in school, somebody's paying you to get, get children inventing sprites or... <laughs> dragons or whatever it is marvelous stuff yes we those of you who've not been with us before we always have an opportunity at the end of the show for children to record make a recording of their writing uh, and then we like to play a couple of these we can't play all of them but of course all the recordings are there for everybody to listen to it's always a bit tricky choosing out which ones but i think you've got a couple um, for us from yesterday about sprites, haven't you? Ian? Certainly do, Pi. This is Mist Sprites by Bethany. Mist Sprites are sprites that are usually sighted whenever it rains or is foggy. They are smaller sprites and cluster together, forming a cloud of mist when angry. Early in the morning, you are able to witness hordes of mist sprites with carefully woven baskets, gathering handfuls of weather dust and placing them into hampers. Afterwards, they cover up the baskets with finely created cloth made of silk, sundew and petals of a sparknolia bush. To relax, mist sprites like to sit by the banks of the River Magic, dipping their slightly wrinkled toes into the murky water. They also love to bake, which is rare for a sprite. A mist sprite's favourite meal is drizzle cake, which is a small grey sponge with icing made of their favourite food, weather dust, and topped with sparknolia sprinkles. Some younger sprites love to play with their small pets called mist dogs, which have dark, shaggy fur that hangs over their bodies like rags. You can see a mist sprite by travelling to the enchanted woods north of Sprite Kingdom and playing a magical harp, which shall lure them into a clearing as they sing. However, watch out for the dangers that are forest trolls and other types of sprites, such as music sprites and plant sprites, which are harmful to mist sprites and possibly humans. I fancy some of that drizzle cake pie. What about yourself? Yeah, it sounds delicious. Mm. I, I, I love that. It was absolutely yeah. packed with imaginative ideas. She's really enjoyed playing around with the form. Um, because I tell you what I do, Ian, if I'm writing this sort of thing, one of the things I often do is I actually get myself something like, I don't know, a book about birds or whatever it is going to be. So I can see how it's written by the experts. And I sort of take words and phrases from that and use it in my own writing i magpie ideas magpie bits of language that was a cracker that was bethany mm. wasn't it it was bethany yes got another one for you um how would you like a bit of rainbow sprites by kitty rainbow sprites rainbow sprites love color but they are also very shy they will do whatever they can to be hidden they are very humble they are great friends with to the sky pixies which is obvious because rainbows are in the sky they are also friends with the sun as she is the sky pixie's mother as i said 
They are shy, and they will do whatever they can to be hidden. They often pretend they are droplets of water, because, in case you didn't know what you need to know about uh, about rainbow pixies, a rainbow can be made by the sun reflecting in a droplet of water. So this is a perfect disguise. They do have a job, it is making rainbows, but it takes them weeks and weeks because they have to try and get the sun and the rain to work together, which is hard because the sun's goal is to make things hot and the rain's is to make things cold, so they have a hard job. They eat like plants and feed off the sun and water, which they need to make rainbows. They have a very good sense of humour though, and everyone goes to them when in need of a good old laugh. By Kitty, aged 10 years old. Lovely, isn't it, Pie? What a lovely reading that was. Yeah, great expression. Well done, Kitty. Fantastic stuff. So at the end of the show, we'll talk through how you can record something and uh, we can get it up there and then we'll have a couple at the beginning of the next show. Uh, well done, both of you. We often talk about how you have to be brave in order to do this. Have a go and get it up there. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll come back to that at the end of the show. Now, I know that um, Julia is listening and we've got to the moment where we are almost about to hear her read from her wonderful book, The House of Light, which I enjoyed so much when I read it. Uh, now, everybody, we're all on today's show. If you scroll down a little bit, um, if you're new, you can see under, well, just above that photograph, uh, uh, that picture of the magical looking boat, you can see a rectangle, orange rectangle that says Julia Green response. Just click once on that. It'll take a moment and bingo, up comes uh, a picture of an old windmill there. Uh, and it says Julia Green response. Now, this is a Padlet. And we are going to give Julia a response to her reading. So to do that, you click on the pink blob in the bottom right hand corner and up comes what looks like a post-it. And then it says title. OK, that's where you well, that's where you write your name. So I'm putting my name. We have to have your name uh, so we know who we're talking to. And <clears throat> just below that, drop the cursor down to where it says write something. Now, I'm ready now to write something. So what we're going to do, we're going to listen to uh, Julia reading and, and during it or after it, we're going to write um, a, a response. Not a bad idea to jot down things in your notebook. Now, when we're listening, you really have to concentrate, go into that world that she is creating, be there with the character, see it in your mind. I used to call it the mad starey thing. It's where you have to really, really go into this other world. And if you notice anything, uh, then jot it down, magpie it, um, collect it in your book. If it triggers anything, jot it down. So I think we're ready for the uh, reading from, and it's the opening of um, Julia's wonderful book, The House of Light. So my name's Julia Green, and I'm the author of lots of books for young people. Some of you may have read The Wilderness War. Um, that's often read in, and enjoyed in schools about a group of children saving a patch of land uh, from the builders. It's a place where very important to them where they play uh, and where they look at the birds and have fun. And um, So that's a, an exciting story by me. I've written To the Edge of the World, which is set on a remote island and about a boy and a girl um, and some real adventures they have on a boat. Um, and today I'm going to be reading from my book, The House of Light. And this is a bit different from some of my other stories because this book is set slightly in the future. All my other stories have been set in the present, uh, in the real world. So I write a lot about families and friendship and about having fun in the natural world, which is something I'm passionate about. And some of those things are in this book too. But as I say, it's set slightly in the future. And I'm going to read from the very beginning of the novel. And the first chapter is called The Discovery. The beach smelled of fish today. The sea was a deep navy blue. It was funny how it changed all the time. Bonnie wrinkled her nose. Yes, fish and salt and something else, like burnt toast. Maybe someone had lit a fire, only the beach was empty, so that couldn't be it. She jumped from the last bit of June path down onto the sand. 
the tide was going out and the wind from the north. It blew the pale, dry sand over the darker, damp sand like streams of smoke. Her ears ached with cold. She turned her coat collar up and tucked her hair inside. No one else was fool enough to walk on a freezing, windy beach on a January morning. Well, everyone was in school, most likely, which is where she should have been. Only she'd had enough of being bored out of her mind and shouted at and teased for being different. And when she told Granda she wasn't going, not today and not ever again, he had not said anything at all. He'd carried on with his work as if he hadn't heard her. Maybe he hadn't. But she'd soon had enough of sitting in the dark house, and so she'd run down the lane and over the field to the path through the sand dunes, and here she was. She'd brought the big metal bucket in case there was stuff to take home, stuff the sea brought in with each new tide. She plonked it down at the top of the beach, near the border notice, and the concrete blocks, big, ugly things which had been put there to stop tanks invading from the sea in some old war years and years ago. A flock of small brown and white birds took off with a whir of wings as she got closer to the water's edge. She screwed up her eyes to look closely. Sanderlings, winter plumage, juveniles, which meant last year's babies in their first winter feathers. Further out, a bigger bird with a long, curved beach searched for food in the pools on the flat rocks, newly exposed by the retreating tide. Curlew. It flew off too, as she stepped carefully over the slippery weed on the rocks. Further out to sea, a flotilla of small islands was part of the same seam of rock called the windsill. Bonnie loved Grander's stories about the islands, about the people who once lived there and tended special houses of light to ward passing ships of the rocks and rescued shipwrecked fisherfolk and about ghosts and strange birds that only came at night. He said there were more than 25 islands at low tide, but only one big enough to live on. If the light was right on the clearest days, you could sometimes glimpse the islands glimmering on the horizon coming and going as the light shifted, so that Bonnie wondered if they were really there at all. It was too far and too dangerous to go there, and in any case, they didn't have a boat. Not any more. Enough daydreaming, Bonnie. Work to be done. Bonnie heard Granda's voice as clear as if he were right at her side. She retraced her steps back along the ridge of rocks onto the sand and ran along the tide line, hunting for useful things washed up. There was always plastic stuff, but that wasn't good for much. It was usually cracked and smelly, and you could get poisoned by the liquids that had once been stored inside. Wood was more rare and precious. Sometimes she found bits of sea coal, and that made Granda happy. Once it had dried out, it made the fire blaze hot and bright. Bonnie found a length of fishing net that could be mended. Good. And two old leather shoes. Not matching, too big for Bonnie, but they could be dried and traded or turned into something else. There were shells aplenty, which was a good sign. It meant that the sea was recovering, getting back to health after the long time of waste and spoil. She went back for the bucket and dumped the net and the old shoes ready to take back home later. Food harvest next. She perched on the windsill, peering into pools, careful not to let her shadows fall across the water and scare off anything alive. She pulled up the sticky sea flowers that were actually creatures, even though they looked like plants. Never more than one clump from each pool. You must always leave enough behind and picked green crabs from under pebbles and put them in the bucket. She found fresh green edible sea leaves and the pink seaweed that tasted good in soup. She scooped up small, shrimpy things, put them in the bucket with enough seawater to keep them fresh. Each time she said thank you and sorry for the life taken. Her hands were frozen. She put the bucket down on the sand and shoved her hands deep in her coat pockets to warm them. 
She straightened up and stretched her spine out, and there, just for a second, a flicker of movement up in the dune startled her. Was someone there? She waited. Nothing moved. Perhaps it had just been wind blowing the dune grass or the shadow of a bird. The bank of tall dunes at the top of the beach was high and deep just here. Deep rutted paths of sand ran between massive clumps of dune grass. Children played there sometimes, hide-and-seek and tag, and sometimes on summer evenings couples came to lie together in the sun, out of the wind, out of view. The dune grass was yellow and gold, like hair. A thin line of sunlight pierced the mass of grey cloud over the land. Bonnie studied the line of the dunes again. Was there something there? She could make out a grey shape. Perhaps it was part of a dead tree, washed up ages ago, buried in the sand for months. And now the wind had shifted the sand and unburied it again. It might be big and strong enough to make something new for the house. Shelves for her room, a new bed even. Bonnie went closer. Her boots sank in the soft, dry sand. It was not a tree. Her heart gave a little skip. It was the upturned hull of a wooden boat. This is radioblogging.net. What a great reading. The imagery in that reading pie was incredible, wasn't it? It was. There's something very beautiful. I mean, her voice is lovely to listen to. Mm. But the very um, lyrical way that she writes really recreates the setting. I was absolutely there on that beach, on that shoreline um, with Bonnie. Yeah, wonderful reading. So if I go back to my post-it on the Julia Green response page, I've written, I love listening to the tone of your voice. The reading sounded like a poem creating such a vivid image of the shoreline. And what we found, Ian, is that uh, everybody rushes to write something and very often forgets to reread. The rereading is an important part of the writing because it's when you reread it, particularly if you read it out aloud, you hear whether or not it says what you wanted it to say, but also you notice whether or not things are clumsy or simple things like missing out a capital letter or a full stop. So uh, I reread it. Is that what I wanted it to say? And I click on the padlet and now it says awaiting approval. Deputy Mitchell will be approving these. And um, uh, I know Julia is listening now. Julia, it may only look as if one thing is up there. But if you go to the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net to the right of that, you can see the refresh um it's a sort of semicircle with an arrow on it if you click on that the whole page that funny blue line whizzes across well it's not whizzing anywhere at the moment there it is it's done its business that refreshes the page and as if by magic hundreds of these things come up and lots of them are questions julia you know how to use this because very kindly i see you've written good morning everyone thomas i like the way you said i like the phrase whir of wings yes that struck me as well uh, because it sort of almost sounds like the meaning love that little bit lots and lots of great responses there for julia to be looking at uh, have we got time for a little bit of a, a short musical interlude while people are uh, raising questions or making comments always time for a short musical interlude pie here's another one we are spoiling you this morning this is the theme from mission impossible this is radioblogging.net, broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Yes, it most certainly is. I could almost see the pencils and pens flicking and writing as you were getting your notes and ideas down from that. What a lovely reading there from Julia this morning. And thank you, Julia, for tuning in this morning to the show. Looking forward very much to hearing your interview later on in the show. Uh, got a couple of shout outs right now. Uh, so I'm just going to go to the show page because I said you can go to the comments at the bottom of the show page. Uh, Lauren says, uh, hi, please can you have a welcome? shout out to Micklefield School because we like this website and you guys are great thanks well thank you and thank you for getting in touch we always do love to hear from people Olivia good morning to you asking how everybody is really excited for light Tuesday thank you very much indeed uh, good morning also to Toby hello radio blogging team glad you're joining us this morning good morning to Lewis 
Uh, can Ro- Now, is it Roger or is it Roger? I'm not sure. I always say both. Can Roger Primary have a shout out, please? And our amazing teacher, Mrs. Glynn. Good morning to you all and good morning to Mrs. Glynn. Lewis from Stone School. Yes, of course, Stone with Woodford School. Regular listeners. Absolutely. Thank you so very much indeed. Um, Esther and Ivy. Hello, it's Lorraine Harrison. Uh, my granny's birthday today. It certainly is. And since she really loves to listen to radio blogging, uh, could you please give her a shout out from all the family in Yorkshire and London that would be great especially since she was one of the featured authors last week she certainly was last Tuesday on the radio blogging holiday club from Esther and Ivy Kerry Kate Debbie and Andy and finally for now we go to Chloe can I have a shout out also for Roger School and all the teachers you most certainly can with the time approaching smiley face time at seven minutes past ten I am now going to hand over to Pi Corbett I'm loving some of the observations on here. This is really interesting. Caroline here picking up on why is she with her granddad and not her parents? Good observation there, Caroline. Yes, it's setting us up. That's just that tiny little hook thinking, where have her parents gone? Why aren't they there? And is that linked to Mrs. James here picking up on uh, loving the fantastic phrase flotilla of small islands? And then the sea was recovering. And it, it, recovering, and then and again it hooks us in. From what? What has happened? Uh, it reminds Mrs. James <clears throat> of how nature has had an opportunity to recover during lockdown, and that is partly why I wanted Julia to read from this book because there has been some something has happened. The land has been ravaged by disease of some sort. There's been a war or something or other. And it did give me an echo of what we're dealing with at the moment. Mrs. C, I love how observant Bonnie is and sensitive to what she sees. Yes, she, she, we, uh, Julia manages to paint the picture through the eyes of the main character. It, it's a great example of, of start, <coughs> starting with a setting that you know really really well and put your main character into that and show the setting through the eyes of the main character um, because it's very hard to write about things that you're not familiar with some fantastic responses here i know julie will enjoy looking through those uh, and reading them but it's time for us to come out of this now so go back up um, come back onto the main page and we're on to activity one live writing task with David and Pi. David, just in case there are people who've not done this uh, with us before, can you talk us through using the Jotcast, which has got the picture of that boat on it? I can indeed, Pi. Yes, uh, just before I do that, just about that Padlet there, it was crazy. That's the busiest Padlet we've actually had yet to date. Uh, over 200 posts. Uh, are on there. I've still got to approve a bit, so if you can't see yours yet, I will return to that once we finish the uh, the Jotcast, which we'll look at now. But as Pi has said, this session is a very fast-paced uh, live writing session that we use that writing window that you can see in there with the orange box there. Um, and you will be should be able to see a picture uh, inside the box, but if you are in school, sometimes your school internet filtering system will filter out that picture. So we've placed it just above uh, there that Pi will make reference to. Um, now, this window is, is going to be live, and everything you write within it will come through to me first for me to approve. Parents and adults, if you're teachers and uh, other adults, if you're watching or listening to this, sorry, um, do feel free to join in. Um, you will see some teachers and some parents joining in, commenting on the children's writing as they are putting their writing into this window. Uh, just to let you all know, these are all checked before they go in um, by myself. So we'll make a, a start shortly. Now, the, at the bottom of this window, you will see a place to add your name. And what we'd like you to do is add your first name and your school name so we can identify you and your friends and teachers can identify you as well. And then once you've listened to the instructions, you can write what you want to write in the box and submit it. And like always, we'd like you to check before you click that send button. Occasionally you send it back, stunt. I will spot that and not include it um, until you've written it again. But I think that's about it, Pi. I want to hand back to you for your instructions and we'll get going. The lights are dimmed. I'm ready. 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> the lights are doomed and I'm ready. Okay, everybody, we've got this wonderful image of this very magical boat, and that looks like tiny, tiny birds, white birds flying above. And we've got the darkened sides as this special boat comes in. And I thought we would have a go at creating a magical boat. So the idea is what would your boat, a bit like the lighthouse idea, what would your magical boat be made out of? And uh, I'm going to read you an example. Years ago, um, uh, we invented, this actually was with year six, we invented boats made of all sorts of different things. So we had boats made of mathematics, boats made of stardust. We had a boat made of wind. We had a boat made of leaves. So we created these magical boats. And then what would happen um, on or on this magical boat? And Lily wrote the boat made of stardust. And she got lots and lots of ideas. So she had on the boat made of stardust. The boat made of stardust floats over echoing waves as living stars jump on, hitching a moonlit ride. Celestial bodies are concealed under towering piles of silver and gold. Delicate grains hiding cracks in the floorboards of the boat. Heavenly particles hang from cobweb threads like grotesque decorations bejeweled stars glisten in the moonlit sky and reflect upon the silver studded surface of the boat made of stardust so you've got lots of ideas you only need one idea so um on the boat or in the boat or on the boat on the boat or the boat made of stardust and then you create your ideas. Now, it doesn't have to be a boat of stardust. You could have a boat of shadows. You could have a boat of feathers. And remember that uh, adults, you can comment on each other's. Yesterday, we had lots of children also commenting on other children. And when you comment, be specific uh, in your uh, comment. Don't just write, it was great, but tell us what was good. What was it about the use of the language or the imaginative idea? So we could have all sorts of different boats and we've got Rayon coming in already in the boat made of pearls. Dolphins swim around gracefully. Loving the idea. Let's see if you've got a boat made of pearls. Think about pearls. They're round. They're like tiny moons. They're shiny. They're valuable. Try and make the second idea relate, relate to what the boat is made of. Uh, Rosie, shining silver birch, crystals, spider cobwebs, lovely, lovely rich language, uh, uh, Rosie. Satching, on the boat made of one sparkle, the moonlight grabs in onto the billowing sails. Beautiful, Satching. Uh, you could either carry on or make up another one, of course. Chloe, my boat is made out of joy and peace sprinkled with stardust and, na stardust and nature. Love it, Chloe. Uh, create a different boat now. Ah, Phoebe, the ghoulish galleon was made from horror and driftwood, tied together with souls who drive it invisible to the naked eye. The clouds loom down as though trying to pluck it from the water. Ooh, really scary one. Great. Uh, Shrisha's got a boat made of peacefulness going. Keep it going, Shrisha. Um, Jess, in the boat of pixie dust, the lights flicker. Kit, on the world of adventure, it's a rainbow's rainbow materials glistened into the midnight sky lovely lovely juicy use of language you can almost taste it mrs kilgore coming back supportively there to ryan um uh, uh, raising a question too so have a look at that mrs shirtlift nicely commenting on bethany's one uh, about the idea of the boat dancing um kirat the boat made of souls but all the heroes that fought on that boat with a lot of needs finishing Kirat, try not to press the button before you're ready. Dean coming in here. My boat is made of enchanted gold and is blinding in the light. Oh, lovely. Uh, keep going with that one, Dean. Eliza, on the boat of flowers, the bees help about. The sunlight glistens the petal sail. I love the idea of the petal sail there, Eliza. Uh, the bees help about. I think you could strengthen that help about. Just nip back and have a look at that. Have a think about that. Um, beautiful idea, the boat of flowers. Interesting, Eliza, you could do some naming it. Do you remember name it? Instead of a flower, write what sort of flower. So is it a daisy? Is it a poppy? Is it a rose? Mr. Clark picked up on that in the response to Julia Green when he mentioned that she had mentioned specific birds and it made it more alive, more vivid, because she talked about curlews and sandlings, not just birds. 
Theo in the boat of footballs. Footballs are used for decoration. Loving the idea. Get the uh, originally, I think footballs were made of things like pigs' bladders. Uh, obviously, leather. You could use the idea of leather there, Theo. I think Amelia. Hi, this bout is not like any other covered in diamonds. Lovely idea. Amelia, come on, knit back and have a look at the spelling of that word bout. But I love the boat being covered in diamonds. And what would they do if the sun shone on them? Sam in the boat made of midnight. Now, what's going to happen, Sam, on your boat made of midnight? Mm. Sachin in the boat of amethyst. Lapis lazuli melts on the deck. Ooh, that is like Salvador Dali. Uh, the lapis lazuli melting on the deck. Uh, CJ on the boat made of the last breath of the dead. Their souls float glowing like lanterns. Ah, such a great idea, CJ. I'm loving it. Lewis in the boat of shining sparks. Fire burns within. Now, now, Lewis, you could follow on with the detail. What's happening in the sails? What's happening in the rigging? What's happening on the deck? What's happening at the prow at the front of the boat? Uh, what, what's happening below deck? Dean coming back. Ni- uh, sorry, Mrs. Kilgore coming back at Dean nicely there. Benjamin. The boat made of light and water. Okay, extend the idea. Ah, Felix, you've got a ship made of shining fish scales. I'm loving all those sounds in that, Felix, and it's really glittering in the sunlight for me. Bethan, what a nice idea, Bethan. In the boat made of lies, I searched for the truth I longed for. That is a cracking start to a piece of writing, Bethan. Isla, without the oars, we had to use our hands. When a boat made of wonder, what could we do? Um, the uh, lovely idea of a boat made of wonder there, Isla. Mrs. Shirtlift being supported there to Amelia uh, and Mrs. VB, Mrs. Kilgore, Kitty. The boat made of hope. The, the boat not... A, 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 I can't read that word, Kitty. Uh, go back to it and just say it slowly to yourself and write each bit down. Say it very clearly to yourself. I think um, you could probably get that one. Izzy, in the boat made of emeralds, the fish are attached to it. Wow. Edith, in the boat of shadows, the decks are empty. India, the boat was made of stardust. Okay, India, now try and extend it or have another boat made of something different. Ah, Riley, in the boat made of paper, I I could found a lot of books. I found a lot of books. Uh, I often do that, Riley, where you start writing one thing and you write something else. But you've got to remember to knit back and edit. Kaylee, the boat made of recycling sparkles in the sun. What a nice idea. There's a candy floss boat being made for, for by Archie. And Bobby's made one out of mud. We've got all sorts of ideas going on. I am getting exhausted. What we're going to do now, folks, I know that oh, Satin's made a boat of ice and trust froze. Wow, what a great idea. So this is our sort of warm up, the Jot cast. We now need, I think, Ian to listen to... Hmm. Um, uh, Julia's um, interview and folks when you're listening to Julia's interview if you want you could nip on the Jockcast and add a few more ideas but I think it would be good to get your notebook out listen very carefully because this interview is rich with and deep with thinking about being a writer and the process of writing and on radio blogging we are interested in the imagination we're interested in the whole business the whole process of bringing stories and poems into being so i think ian we should listen carefully to uh the interview and make some notes we can go back to the response padlet and make comments uh there picking up on the interview thanks you thank you pine here's julia julia that was gorgeous thank you so much indeed my pleasure (laughs) oh my goodness you are not just an author this is performance this is amazing (laughs) this i am on the edge of you're my new best author i'm so loving it your delivery is exquisite oh thank you very much there's some other strings to your bow i can just tell you are very good at this thank you so much indeed um so i have some questions so uh, it's very here and in the now in this kind of post uh, apocalyptic world that i feel that we're inheriting in real time now beachcombing so recycling it you have a lovely collection of of real in the moment stuff in there where did your planning for this story start that's an interesting question because i don't really plan in the conventional sense Uh, a story begins to come to me and it usually comes with a place Um, so as i was thinking about what am i going to write next after i'd written to the edge of the world Mm. which is set in one of my favorite places the outer hebrides on an island i happened to be staying in a place called bambra on the northeast 
coast mm. and every morning we would walk along the extraordinary beautiful beach it was very very cold mm. it was january the wind was freezing uh and as in the afternoons or just after i got back from the walk i'd sit down with my notebook at the table and i would start to draw and that's how i often begin to think about a story so i drew the beach and i drew and i found myself drawing uh a child, a girl, I, knew, I thought it was the girl to begin with, and gradually the story began to come. I found myself drawing uh, the wild geese that are a very important part of the story. They come in at the beginning and also at the end of the story. And I also drew something that I realised was an upturned boat. And then I started thinking about where had that boat come from. And the story, um, really, it's the same, the story that unravels in, you know, in, in my telling of it in the novel. Mm. It's what, who bought the boat? How did the boat get there? Who does it belong sure. to? And what does the boat mean? Because um, to Bonnie, a boat means many things. It means a, a way of getting food, but it also means a, a means of escape. Um, but I started also, I think, because we were at a time when people were talking a lot about restricting people's freedom of movement mm -hmm. and about borders and about a more authoritarian sort of society. And all those things were playing my mind and the story evolved. And I found to my surprise that I was setting this in the future after the, the you know, the seas have been poisoned. Obviously, mm -hmm. that's very opposite. It's very much what's happening now. Yep. But this is sort of after that, the, a, a beginning of a recovery but things are very restricted and people can't move about as we would want to move. Mm. So yes. those themes started coming into I the... I love it. Absolutely story. love it. I, there was full of... There was some hope. I was, I was you know, my, my mind was leaping onto where it could go next. Uh, how important is research in there? Did you have to look your seaweed up? There's a lovely mention in there as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, lots of the things I write about are things that I love and know about anyway to do with the natural world. Right. I love going on beaches. I love, you know, but I, I found out... Um, yes, I had to find out the kinds of seaweed you could actually eat. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also did some research about um, the boats that used to be used on that northeast coast, which were special um, boats called Cobles. I went to a museum, the Grace Darling Museum is, is up there near Bamborough and um, in Bamborough, in fact. And I, I sort of, all sorts of different kinds of research. I climbed up into a lighthouse, um, for the, which is something that happens later in the novel. And, and, just to have the, the real physical experience of what it's like to, to do those things because somehow you can make things up, but you also need to know things and that's where research comes in. So it's a mixture for me always of observation, research, and imagination. Lovely. If you just yeah. had a, a couple of top tips for young budding writers, what would those top tips be? Well, I would say the thing that has made a difference to me as a writer is having a notebook. And I don't have lines in my notebook. So even though I'm very messy when I'm sort of writing and drawing, I want the blank, I want the, the space to be kind of clear, no lines on it at all. And I do a mixture of writing and drawing and those two things in combination. And it's almost as if I need to get a sort of sense of who the story is about, where it's set what might happen you start asking those questions what if but i like to explore those with my color pens or or pencil in a notebook first before i start thinking well i'm now going to start telling the story from the beginning because i think to begin with you don't really know where the story ought to start i have a sense that it was going to start on the beach and i knew the girl was going to be a girl and i had to work out what her name was and who she lived with it so there's lots of questions you ask yourself so i think Asking yourself lots of questions and then answering the questions, but doing it in a notebook. And maybe to begin with, not showing anybody. Keep. I'm somebody who likes to keep things quite private to begin with until I'm really sure of what the story is going to be. So I would say to lots of writers, you know, some writers like to share work straight away mm. and some people like not to do that. And either way is obviously fine. You have to find what works for you. How picky are you about the the chapters do you ever go back and rewrite or are you just kind of oh, once it's yeah. down it's down 
oh no 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 I mean I used to say well I've, I've done a lot of teaching of writing and my, one of my things I always say to students is all writing is rewriting it's the editing it's the changing it's like making it absolutely the best it can possibly be reading aloud listening to the sounds of the words the shape of the sentences the rhythm of the language is really important to me it's got to be able to you've got to be able to read it aloud and, and read it fluently and that's one of the ways of of working out which bits of your work aren't working so well you sometimes find yourself stumbling over a sentence and you think oh that needs to be rewritten it's too long or it needs some punctuation or I need a better word there or I've repeated a word that I just used in the last paragraph let's find a different way of saying that so pleased you mentioned reading out aloud as part of our uh, our mantra as well and it's getting young yeah. folk just to kind of read through uh, their yeah. blog posts because we just type 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 and then hit enter yeah. and then oops yeah and it's just yeah. that, that moment of pausing yeah. just go back read it through are all the words in there important words can you pull any out or substitute them i've absolutely loved this thank you so much for sharing a very special reading with us i absolutely loved it thank you so much for joining us julia it's been my absolute pleasure thanks for asking me This is radioblogging.net. What a lovely interview that was, Pi. It was so full of richness, wasn't it? Mm, it's a fantastic interview. I know children often wonder, you know, how do I start my story? Because, you know, it's Friday morning, we've got to do a story. Well, there's a great piece of advice right early on about how story comes from place. Find a place that you know really, really well and place your character within it exploring it and then they find something and in this case it is the boat which is of deep significance later on in the story and there's a uh, julia talked a little bit about obviously the boat means they can go fishing um, and get food but also it becomes uh, linked to escaping from this uh, very oppressive society that they are living in so find a place uh, uh, put your main character in a place you know show it through the eyes of the main character and then they find something sort of finding story um and i th i think this book is a very interesting one it shows how writers often foresee what is going to happen because it is about uh, after when uh, a land has been uh, poisoned ravaged with um, disease there's tighter control the borders and and it is a land in recovery and she is part of that recovery bonnie um, then there was a bit about the research. I thought that was very interesting into the seaweed um, and going into the lighthouse and the whole business of, of the notebooks, drawing in the notebooks uh, as well as jotting down thoughts, letting the notebook be a place where your mind ranges, where you sort of daydream onto the page and ideas. As soon as your imagination clicks in, then ideas start to come. It's 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 a different form of planning. And it's one that we should be practicing uh, as young writers. And then, of course, at the end, wonderfully, all writing is rewriting. Be strict with yourself. Reread it because generally we can tweak and we can polish and let it grow and develop so that it's the best that it can be. What a great, great thing. That deserves uh, re-listening too. Folks, we're at the end now. I can see that um, poor old Deputy Mitchell it's gone absolutely mad on the jock cast there. But we need to come out of that. Activity 2 underneath is the blog challenge. And if you click on that, I'll just explain uh, the last little bit here, the blog challenge. And I've got two challenges here. The first one is, uh, it says in the house of there. Well, the first one is in the boat of. Uh, so I've got a very simple version here. I'll read it to you. In the boat made of sunlight. The prow gleams golden as it carves through the sea's opening arms. The sails glow like huge flags of iridescent lights. Golden rigging tugs at the heartstrings. On deck, the sailors can hardly keep still, for the heat smoulders as they tap dance. At night, the ship of sunlight glows in the dark, embers edging the tiller as the blind captain steers without fear now what i've done there is i've got just the boat of sunlight and i thought about the different parts of the boat and then drawn on the idea of sunlight and what it might do to different parts of the boat so i had the prow 
I've had the sails. I've had the rigging. I've had the deck where they have to tap dance because it's so hot. And then I've got um, what it looks like at night um, and the tiller where the captain is steering it. You could do it like that, or you could do our old friend, the sort of couplet, the two lines in the boat made of sunlight. I saw um, the sails flickering with flames in the boat made of clouds. Uh, the misty sides quiver in the boat made of leaves, etc. Uh, the one below. So either do a boat one. Or have a go at the house, which we did right at the very beginning. And actually what I've done there is I've posted up the one that I did right at the beginning when uh, Ian and I were playing the game. So you've got two possibilities there. We've got a boat made of or we've got a, or, or a house uh, made of. And just below all of that, you can see where you can put your name in, uh, create your blog post. Now, I always suggest that we write these in our notebooks first, edit them. And then uh, uh, reread them, read them to your partner, read them out aloud, uh, read them to the clock, read them to the dog. Make sure that the thing sounds good and that it flows. We have had some instances where because we're going to Deputy Mitchell's going to talk us through the uh, um, the audio padlet so you can record. And I did just want to remind you. Um, about the whole business at, at some time, not always, but sometimes it helps to put a rhythm in. Uh, if I take my house one in the house of light, I could see as far as the end of the universe. And I could put a little chorus in there in the house, in the house. I, I, I keep thinking about mice. So that's not a very, very useful rhyme. It doesn't have to rhyme. You can have a rhythm. Let's see. In the house, in the house. I found it in the house. In the house of trees, my limbs grew green with leaves. In the house, in the house, the da 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 da. So we could get a rhythm in, you can put some clicks, you can put some claps, but don't make it too loud because then it messes the sound levels up with the recording. But a little bit of rhythm might work with that house one. So, David, um, uh, it's pretty straightforward the blogging. Most people are familiar with that. Would you like to take us through the uh, audio part, please? Yes, a couple of things really with the audio. I'll look at audio then just come on to the, the commenting aspect of it. Um, yes, as Pi said, to craft your your writing in the notebook that you've got on some paper, to uh, then get it onto the blog using the form that's on there. And then underneath where the form is, you do see that audio player. And that audio player has some instructions. It's only 40 seconds long, but it just gives you some instructions on how to create and perform your audio version of your blog post. So you can follow those instructions and the advice we give to you is to practice and practice really. But don't worry if you're doing the recording and you've uh, been brave enough to do that and you press record and you make a mistake, you can stop at any point. You can click start over or you can listen to it back. If you're not happy with it, you can start again. You're not committed once you've started to send that in. So you can experiment with that and then send in the version you, you are most happy with. Um, we love listening to these later on in the day. We come back around about tea time, early evening time and have a listen. And then uh, either Russell or Ian um, take that audio ready for tomorrow's show. So that's the incentives to get your voice on tomorrow's show, which is fantastic. But also with the blogging element of it, Ian mentioned earlier that um, every single blog post can receive comments. And most of you know that, but for some of the people that are just tuning in today or for, that have tuned in recently for the first time, might not know where these blog posts go. So in the menu at the top of your screen, there's an orange menu, you will see listeners posts. And each blog post that is created is read through uh, by a member of the team. We check it to check it's okay. And then that gets approved and on the blog. And it will appear in that list of blog posts. You can also use the tag cloud to find your blog posts uh, with your name. So you can, uh, when you scroll down on the homepage, you'll see uh, loads of labels. You can, they're in alphabetical order, so you can find your name and you can click on it and you'll see all your blog posts. But on every single blog post, you will see a, a comment box. And we have a team of people, some adults as well, who um, 
come and leave comments for you. So do check your blog post back. If you are an adult, a teacher or parent and interested in spending five minutes a day leaving a few comments, do so. Get in contact with me. Either uh, you can email through to the show radioblogging at gmail.com or on, t- on Twitter at Deputy Mitchell or at radioblogging. Get in touch. I can give you a little bit of uh, guidance on that, how you can do it quickly. But we love to get comments coming in for the children. Really important aspect. And the children love getting comments. So I think, Pi, that's about it. We do love hearing these, don't we? Oh, it's fantastic. It's really, I listen to all of them. And um, it's really hard sometimes to choose out which ones that we're going to use. Uh, the, the blogging comments is important, folks, um, because we need to create a community. We can learn from each other and with each other. We need to be supporting each other. So do every day, if you can, click on listen, listeners' posts, read what other people have written and then leave them um, a comment. It's encouraging, but also remember when you're reading somebody else's work, you can learn from it. You'll notice a turn of phrase, uh, an idea. One idea often begets another idea. So you're constantly enriching your imagination, adding to it. Ian, we have had a fantastic show today. Really enjoyed it. Uh, there are still things coming through on the Jotcast. Mm. Marvellous work. And great work. Thank you ever so much from adults, Mr. Clark, Mrs. James, Mr. Simpson. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, all, all sorts of adults have been contributing. Um, and uh, children also commenting on each other's fantastic work. And Julia, thank you so much. It was such a rich, deep, wonderful reading. And the interview teachers... Folks at home, children, that interview is worth listening to a number of times because it was rich with possibility uh, and so much wisdom in there. Great show, Ian. Time, I think, to wrap the whole thing up. Pi, thank you very much indeed. It has been a wonderful show today. Don't forget, of course, that this will be packaged later on and available on the All Live Shows tab on the website. So please do go ahead and listen again if you've not managed to catch all of it. Just a couple of very brief shout-outs. Mr Simpson, good morning from Summerfield Primary School. Good morning to you. Also, Bethany did a victory lap of the kitchen when her audio was played this morning. Quite right, too. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to yours and Kitty's uh, when I processed them last night. Mrs. Landerman, of course, from EHPS in Northampton. The dream team this morning are there ready. And finally, Nicholas as well wanted a shout out for Warren Road. So many people got in touch this morning and it was really lovely to hear from you. We will be back, of course, tomorrow morning. Uh, the team will be back together. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Ian Rocky. It is 22 minutes to 11. But for now, this has been Radioblogging.net. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning at 9.30. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency queer. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9:30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. Uh-huh.